of water, moves and sticks within and for itself, and as it's all around in the air and in the ground, and in its purity is non-reactive to the ironic core of our planet, or perhaps is very justly the stickiness which is hugely gregometrical as tons and tons of immeasurable balance both pushing and pulling away, as our life does on these surfaces. The mood is a continuation of a flow of ideas, from the onset offset offshore shoring of its placement, drawn up likely just after a globule of immense cohesion first placed from where nearby likely as the likely and likening symmetrical force of the forceries of metal, or perhaps then rock or the trillions of particles and particulars of dirt and the many sands which were to be formed by its thrashing and absorption of vitality for the oceans and its creatures which were then made into bones and fins to swim about and be about the very place which is life. Blood is a funny substance, sometimes warm and often cold, both providing for the creature and both containing the metals from the very undersurfaced earth. The cold has a very self and signaling duty for the non-observation of itself, as protective is life, towards a being which ne'er protects others but is still serving in the facts of life and thus still available for life to continue justly. Our fish and our snake, both opposite sides of the planet course such a blood and seek themselves a warmth of the provider of others, however ironic in these cases which the provider is providing their very lives, including towards each other for the further unfortunate yet pathways justified ecosystem of the unbalanced or perhaps rebalancing of this bit of chaos. As mentioned earlier, which are additionals to chances not discovered initially and thoroughly enough at a creature's start to encode their messages justly for the equilibrium as designed for them, and so they carry on, and we do. The warmth, of this blood, provides for and about and furthering our previous hero, our caterpillar, whose lifetime has been discussed and enjoyed as he and she in fact did their entirety of life and living and carry forward their warmth towards the like and likeness of their kind and in kind others for these processes of continuation of success which is the forward and backward and still forward thinking and behavior of any creature with a wit to match the planet from an onset and lives very natural way to carry on this motion. So back to water. Even in its purity, its electrons spin, and thus it finds its own environment, perhaps against a rock or a trough or a larger body with the sky above it. And I do believe it knows its surface. For the surface is where it changes, and surely even a simple electron knows about change, for that is its very nature, and so they spin in a line, and spin, and because they have the ability to see their proton as larger than life to itself, and the other particles within the atom are corollary to the largest portions, which in turn are turned by, consider them the feet like our caterpillar, the atom of water forms its body, as it is known, and this body enjoys electricity as any other and radios electrical, and warm bodies transmit electricity, and so the water's mood reflects, and reflect it does from the sky up for signal and down as well to the other creatures, and even to the electrons embedded in this body, and provides for it to be noticed and live and be consumed and move to the places it may find and be found as beauty in the what is needed and enjoyed, and as it's pouring over itself and these ideas, each electron continue to spin like a wheel motioning one another to be like and liked and in like kind be kind towards those who are also so, and so, is its messaging to procreate, and by procreate I mean to maintain the natural messaging in those moments of electron alignment, and to be picked up and swallowed perhaps into the warmth, 
where its electrons are yet still more powered on, and as it moves, it carries with it the strong atomic forces of the water it's left behind, and carries on messaging from far away as to whether and whether this is the direction to travel for the benefit of life, or it is at its very center. And further the precipitation and cleansing of water to ensure that unliked messages are cleared and that things can begin again for our kind fluidity in which the sediment is left to the earth and its creatures to notice and further organize a means to signal the lattices of creatures on the positivity which came out of such a precipitous moment, so to quite literally speak. Water of course, does spin around, and as we are always in between in one place or the other, this is also known as the opposite which attracts the ability to move at all, from north to south in fact, at the axis tilted because otherwise the planet wouldn't spin at all, which is entire basis of life, this slight offset and spin, at an angle, which like a stripe of candy or more precisely the way one might turn and peel an apple or a potato, although in the opposite by means of applying and stripping and reapplying the what is just from the sun as we turn and our beings flock for heat and their behaviors create the need for water to be used and cleansed. It is known that water can do its will, by weather alone so strong that, while man, plant, animal and even mineral, have come in concert to produce such an event, be known that even a vastly apparent destructive force of the strong weathers of water, are made purely to further provide the sort of deployment of itself to further its duties to travel to the what is needed, if even for itself, for the needs of the summation and culmination of all of the rest, although apparent by mass and time, and thus unexpected at large. Yet notice to the point which is hopefully grappled with and planned for our heroes by perception's future and abilities. Thus water is the ultimate in confidence, and is really only defeated as entrapped by a toxicity of fire plus material, which it spends its origins fighting against, for even far away it's heard its own sizzling screams of the near end to its atomics, and as some escape into vapor, and perhaps are further trapped and embedded with coal in the air, the lesson continues for our fair and just water. And just water plus what is required for life is what we in hence water agree to carry and the arrangements in the skies are like too, with senators as clouds to direct the battle onward and over to never be over, yet and over and over again. Dot. At these stages, with the planet turned inside out by our own ingenuity, and likeness to dig and dig and utilize what we find, and find how to utilize is now what we do, and everything must have a purpose. Despite our true belief that this purpose is to leave what one cannot use, but find and discover and discover for and for another we still do, and pipelines are built because we can use all the oil from one place, and without need we create a need, because it is so fast and so specifically where we found it that it must be gold, we think to ourselves with a greed perhaps, and in actuals because it is so toxic and locked away for reasons we may ne'er discover as it's been plundered and moved about so many times and ingested and fed to our fish, and soils, that water in these stages is locked up in its own cages as it were, and living has become a mockery for our said water, and even it may not be heard very far away, as its material time is spent spinning idly from a place without savior. Where water has saved all of us time and time again, the oil is so toxic that it cannot even be ingested as a lucky salad for a fellow, where at least the fats would agree and stay with this man for the lifetime of himself to get to another salad. And yet, while we have a lot of it, water, we have a lot of this crudity as well, 
and crude as we are to continue and carry it on and over to burn the skies and ground a bit more to get to places and behave like the mode of transport is our usual consumption, our cars become ourselves and our feet, very unlike and unlikened to our caterpillar, and creates for us all sorts of wrong signals and directions, where we need to utilize and fix the very signaling onto the vehicle which surely cannot signal him for itself, nor to the trillions of roadways we've trampled with the same petroleum which fuels us, onto the ground as asphalt, further trapping up water, even as it drops from the skies and is run over time and time again by the slicks of a slick exhaust, again bringing us to nowhere in particular, as is not know the quadrillions of useless messages and interception of said electrochemical messaging we impact and even our light travels to a supermarket, to pick up packaged goods, which in turn were shipped in this fashion. And the planet is cold for those who need it warm, and hot for those that need it temperate, and the water is unbalanced in favor of the favorable whose favors are to transport it with aqueducts and further in plastics and trucks and man-made lakes and the watering of lawns for the good looks of a suburban development designed to look good in the 1950s, and to further separate us from nature, and to provide an interior to an education to continue to do so and even separate us from cities, while are as well asphalt in construction, at least have the oddity of diversity and diversion to spin oneself in the possibility of a direction to make a change. And in any event, as some have learned and settled, the eventfulness continues, and we slip pieces of paper through the nail to make our choices now, and don't rudimentarily encode them on a leaf, as we're in larger-than-life moments, and in these moments, our belief carries us far. And sadly as belief as an idea without success does not reach a narrow chemical ground encoding, only those who maintain themselves internally may continue for a time, as their materials allow them, without a survivability that is nature, which continues on, however poisoned the message we have created, and muckery of the signal which is meant both for us and for the all now incredible numbering and organization of instantaneousness to move even a slight bit to the left or right or in fact up and around as well and well understood and continues to be trodden, and our slight caterpillar is hopefully in range for a lifetime of lifetimes and we do, should know that's not enough, and to perpetuate, is simply that, it is ongoing and forever, and so we take this brief in-flight pause, to encourage you to find a direction to move slightly or gently or in kind kind of way to fiddle or faddle not and to, with each step find yourself in the parts which need to spin for others to find others and the monument is your daily activities to do so, and complex is what we've made it and staticity is what has provided our profound need and actual desire to change, and that grappling with the current of water is not likely to reckon well, as in a well, which is both buried and buries man who continue to put water in a bad mood. This has been and continues a continuation of life and living with the proximity of all things known to man in the minds and bodies as available in the retransmission of materials to the planets, spinning ever onwards towards our very likable sun, Aqua Q. You're listening to Mutiny Radio, 6 o'clock on a Monday, it's usually time for Joke Workshop, and today will be some semblance of Joke Workshop. Host Pam Benjamin. I'm joined by Pancake and Bobby Kelly. We're going to have some calls. We have some scheduled calls coming in. We have Shane Kenny and Aaron Lewis. 
also Elizabeth Stanton from British Columbia and Ben Perez. Yeah. All scheduled to call in and talk for 15 minutes, tell jokes, take notes, see what they want to, if they're working on stuff or not, whatever. And uh, yeah, that's the plan. Phone number is 415-550-0511. Uh, you can give us a call after 705. We're going to get through all of our comedians. If you hear beep, beep in the background, that's because somebody is calling. We, we don't have call waiting on our landline here at mutinyradio.fm. But we do have a landline. So in the coming apocalypse, that's something to note, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you can call always in, call us. Uh, phone tree. Five five zero zero five one one. What fun tree? What's a fun tree? A phone tree. Oh, a phone tree. Yeah, so we can relay information to people. Um, and we usually, if there's an emergency, we have to like call outside of the state because all the circuits in in here will be busy. Mm. So call out state and have someone that we can re- rely uh, rely on to pick up a phone. And then relay information, and then have that person be uh, ready to receive other phone calls and give information to people who are calling them. Because the internet's gonna go down. Everything, everything, <laughs> everything. Phones are different though, and All if right, the electricity well. goes out, we still have phones. All right, four one five 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 zero zero five one one. That's happening. Uh, th- uh, throughout the entire background here today, I'm just gonna be. Uh, there it is. Just Bob Marley playing on a forever loop. Don't worry about a thing. Three little birds. But be prepared. Yeah, I mean, be prepared. But don't worry. Be prepared. I mean, this is this is a, this has been an, a really great time for me. I mean, you know, I've been I've been dealing with some issues of anorexia, and what a time to be anorexic, you know, during the apocalypse when you don't have access to food anyway. Ha <laughs> ha! Look at that. I win. I'll just keep getting thinner. I'm like, God, I look great in the apocalypse. I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm, I had two hard-boiled eggs today. I'm doing good. And a couple pieces of delicious Seas candy. Shout out to J.W. Blunt, who um, brought me some candy. So I uh, love Seas candy. So good. Also, he has a show here on Fridays, 4 to 6. Uh, J.W. Megawig. Works at Seas candy. Good guy. Candy is uh, expanding. Or they were. Well, it's a San Francisco-based company from back in the turn of the century. Great stuff. I love candy. What about ice cream? It's it's. Yeah, it's it's are good. I mean, I'm I'm down. I I think years ago that I was more my game were, were the it's it's, um, but I might have it's it myself out of the game. Like I might have eaten too many it's it's, oh. because I was like, that was one of my main. Food sources for a while was it's it's. Oh, not moon pie. No, 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 no. I mean, I like, I really enjoy um, uh, marshmallow though. Cornflakes. You have to put headphones on for when people call if you want to. Oh, okay. But uh, it's it's. I'm from Southern California, so they were kind of a thing, I guess. People knew about them, and people they were like, "Oh yeah, my cousin's smoking. Man, have you ever heard of it's it's?" I'm like, "Sounds weird, because there's two it's in it." But um, then coming up here, it was just yeah, like Pam said, I maybe overate them because it was I might so have overeaten them. Yeah. Overeaten them, yeah. So good. They 
could be a breakfast. They could be a the, lunch. The cappuccino, though, is, is probably, I say, their best flavor. No, but I can't, you know, I can't taste them anymore, so that's another reason why. Ice cream just doesn't do it for me anymore as uh, much. Oh, there we go. That's got to be Shane. Thank God we were. Hey, Shane. What's going on? Ben? All right, right on time for calling into the joke workshop here. Radio.fm. So, do you, um, oops, sorry, that was, that was a little bit squeaky. Um, do you have any new material you've been working on? So much. Um, so, you got to get your face really close to the phone, other to I the speaker. There you go. I have it like. No, not, but keep trying. I mean, kind of, but it's just not that loud. Try again. Here, I took there it off. There you go. Now we're cooking cool. with grease. All right. Cool. Let me know when to yeah, start. Yeah, start it up. Cool. Awesome doing this. Now I can actually imagine my audience and there and know exactly what I'm doing. So, um, yes, Charlie, what? Lighter note, I learned that animals can get intoxicated. Not from the same things that intoxicate us. Like, dolphins can get high by huffing puffer fish. Bears can get drunk from drinking too much honey. Which means, you know, bears have had this conversation. Yogi, what, what happened to Smokey? Oh, uh, he drank 20 honey cups last night. Smokey got so drunk, he started a fire. At least I can like pretend my everyone's laughing hysterically. Uh, so my older brothers beat the crap out of me growing up, and one time my big brothers beat me up so bad I don't remember what I did to piss them off. They beat a memory out of me. I've been in mosh pits, car accidents, all that I remember was killing me. I don't know how hard or you have to hit a person to remove a memory, but. My brothers are pioneers in punching and kicking wherever the else they slam their head skull. So, else. I learned recently that the scientific term for male stupidity is testosterone poisoning. Testosterone poisoning. Like, I was relieved to hear that because all this time I thought I was crazy. Turns out I've been dealing with a severe case of poisoning my whole life not understood until now, so at least I'm getting to the bottom of, you know, all these blackout dreams, all these shenanigans I keep finding myself in the middle of. So, uh, I wish I were bisexual. I really do. It looks like a lot of fun. Like, to put this in video game terms, being straight feels like I'm playing Team Deathmatch. Best I can hit half the map. You know, if I'm lucky. But being bisexual is like playing free for all. The map is wide open. If you got enough detail, everyone's consenting. You could walk into a bar and be like, I'm going to fuck everyone here. I'm feeling it. Let's do this. But speaking of fucking, uh, Chick fil A. So, Chick fil A apparently donated million dollars to um, LGBT which is hilarious because Chick-fil-A's entire business platform 
is built on people putting cocks in their mouth and swallowing. Like, you'd think they'd be more supportive of the gay community, considering <laughs> what the company is founded upon. Let me know when I'm out of time. Okay. Uh, how about two more jokes? Cool. So, during this crisis, we've all come to think about our intelligence, what we're dependent on. Do you ever think about how far society would get for the smartest person around? You're the Elon Musk of Earth. How you have like flying cars or what? Like, I am constantly saying that I need the smartest person who are making cool stuff for us to enjoy because if I were the smartest person in the tribe, we would all know where the G spot is. But once we discover psychedelics and use the G spot, we are no longer progressing. We're all going to feel great and have cool stories nothing to write them down with or make them into shows. So, uh, last joke, uh, I think this pandemic is going to create a new subspecies of bros and jocks that are super hygiene conscientious. Because this pandemic shut down sports and the gym. This is like Armageddon for testosterone. Like the same guys that buy Bud Light and protein powder are after this in Afghanistan. Guys are on their because you know some dude after this would be like, Chad, we can't risk losing sports to the gym again. I was punching the wall and jerking off all day. And Brad's going to be like, I was reading a book. <laughs> so thank you for the time. I, I'm taking all the silent laughter and with joy. I wrote down some I wrote down. I wrote down some comments for you, uh, Shane. So let's... Uh, so first, uh, bears can get drunk off honey. I like where you're going with it, but I, I want like a scientific reason why. Like you just kind All of right. mentioned in passing that animals are getting drunk off something else, but then you didn't, but it wasn't alcohol and you didn't say why. Just like one line of a reason scientifically why or whatever. Um, right. The brothers beating the shit out of each other and then into testosterone poisoning. I feel like that needs to be one joke. Like, okay. um, there's testosterone poisoning within your family because of genetics or something. I would take, I would take those jokes and look for the look for rather than it being two separate things, try to meld it together as one. Yeah, uh, and then at the end, I would also call that back because you talk about how they were you know, they're closing the workout gyms and oh my god, what are you going to do? There's going to be testosterone poisoning. There's going to be the opposite of you know something about like. What are my brothers gonna? What are people gonna do? They're gonna have to go home and beat up their family or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, bring it back to the brother thing. Thank you. Yeah, so I would take, I would take all that beating, and then also I mean, if you're gonna talk about beating each other up, you sort of have like a beat off joke right there. You're kind of like setting yourself mm -hmm. up for a dick joke. Um, oh yeah. I mean, you said beating a lot, and um. So the I wish I was by thing for me. It didn't pan out only because I didn't. I don't play video games, so I didn't know your yeah. references, like deathmatch, and um, whatever the other thing was, free fall or something. But the funny part in that was if you have the line. This is a great line. If you have enough skill and consent, that line is gold. If you have enough skill and consent, you can do anything you want. So that, out of the whole thing you did, that was where I I thought the funny really was on the line. You have enough skill and consent. Um, the Chick-fil-A is hilarious. I would just say Chick-fil-A's entire business is 
or uh, even less words, but swallowing cock is you don't okay, have to, you don't maybe, have to do. Yeah. You could just cut the chaff, right? So you're like Chick Fil A's business plan is based off swallowing cocks, you know, something like that. But but yeah. the, I, you had the perfect idea there. Um, that's it. That's those are the notes I took. What do you think? Thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, you've been so you've been writing you've been writing a lot this week. I've been writing not just stand up. I'm doing a quarantine day journal. I'm working on my fiction book and then recording music. So I've been pumping out work. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking advantage. What's There's your What's your fiction book about? Um, having studied climate change and read a lot of cool stuff on like psychology and history nerd, I wanted to just in my own for my own curiosity to see what's the United States going to look like 200 years after we don't solve climate change. After so, what? After what about climate change? Like so, essentially, the premise of the book is we didn't address climate change fast enough. Oh, okay. So farmland became sustainable, cities were, a couple cities sank, and it's really 200 years in the future seeing, like, what's the U.S. look like? What cities are still around? Who's surviving? What diseases became airborne because of... Who's your main character? Um, My main character is a scavenger from, like, a community of farmers. His job is just like, hey, can you go find some supplies we need from the ruins of a city, get some food, don't die, and then going out on a run when rich people who abandoned Earth because it got too scary because the poor were killing them, their descendants have been living in space the whole time, and their space station starts to break down. So the story picks up when descendants of rich people who have no idea the Earth is completely fit now are relying on these farming communities to keep them safe from other groups of farmers and Native Americans who all want them dead. Oh, so the rich people have to get out of space because they, space is no longer habitable. Yeah, but essentially the poor got so mad at the rich, they some of them just started boondock saint-style murdering the rich. Sure, makes and sense. And Jeff Bezos is building a, planning on building a space station, so I thought, Worst comes to worst, he's got a backup plan. Well, but that's the thing is if they're in the space station, they still are relying on Earth unless they have replicators for food. So, like, you, oh, you yeah, get no, into the place of, like, are you in reality? I mean, oh, obviously no, you're not in reality I'm, because you're in dystopian future 200 years and stuff, but because if you, if you were a rich person at a space station, you're still reliant upon the Earth to be able to get supplies unless there's a new a way to... It's a self-sustaining space station. There's, I, like... There's ways of growing plants. And, oh, okay. You know, so they're self-sufficient just, and they're in space. Then why do they have yeah. to deal with the people on Earth at all? Because after 200 years, any just the way our engineers are, how things are engineered today, they don't tend to survive beyond oh. 200 years without replacements or repairs. So the entropy and, of the space station, like you basically, you're, you're 200 years of entropy. It's time you need to get back. They, the rich people have to get back to Earth. They have to get some connection with Earth because they need to like replace some shit or. Yeah. So but you're gonna. They, but now they're in the aftermath of what their ancestors left behind. Right. So are you gonna somehow get the scavenger guy into space? No, he's the essentially the premise is all the people who are living in space now are eventually gonna have to come back to Earth, but Earth is in this deep tribal faction system where it's 
two groups that survived were indigenous people and farmers and the refugees from cities and suburbs who were taken in by those two groups. So that's so then their your trouble is how do they get from space back down? Where do they land? Like is yeah, there any technology left? Or the like there's solar panels and some batteries, but it's very limited. There's no more like fossil fuels. So it's also I wrote it kind of as a fuck you because I kept seeing all these horribly scientifically inaccurate dystopian things. And I was like, reality's scary enough. Just let me paint that picture for you. Sure, with the, you know, the, and after the water wars really of 2121. On, I'm trying to be as scientifically and historically accurate 99% of the time in my work. Uh, well, I mean, I'm, but then again, scientific and historically accurate from what we know now in the past. I mean, you get to have fun with that whole 200 years. In the, yeah, and that's in the why interim, I gave myself the that buffer of technology trends, fluctuations. I get to, enough room to like play around with the creative, but enough walls to act, to force me to think in and outside of the box. And where's the love story? Um, the love story is the scavenger dude has to take along a plant and water expert who's like a young twenty-something from his community, so he doesn't like starve to death or can still have water, and this dude meets one of the people from space who's a female and kind of, as they're both terrified and they're not used to it, him and her uh, have a little romance, but also the scavenger, one of his girlfriends was kidnapped a decade before and he's hooked up with all these indigenous women who he's met in his travels. So so he's he a player. Kind of, he's, he's slinging the pipe all oh, over. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a threesome old girlfriend and his indigenous one and <laughs> so there I, you go yeah. well awesome Thank you thanks shane me. for telling us not only your new jokes but also uh talking through your your cool novel your dystopian yeah. future I, I, it's a great premise and especially with your background uh, with like yeah, green technology it's fun stuff, cool i get stuff. to incorporate everything science jokes history it's kind of a it's Threesomes. fun to go beyond just the bit or the song and really explore stories and ideas in multi-dimensions at once. Pl plot twist, there's a threesome. I knew there was going to be a threesome. I was like... It was like, I was writing it, I'm like, I have to. Sex sells, and also... Right. Why not have a dystopian future? Gotta <laughs> slay the hog, baby. Uh, thank you so much for calling in, Shane Kenny. I know you've been a, a grand supporter here of Mutiny Radio in the past Pam, I salute week you. Inspire me, and I hope we'll make sure people tell stories of the brave DJs at Mutiny Radio. The brave DJs. Right on. Well, that, that, that call right there behind you is Lizzie Stanton. Thanks so much. Thanks, Shane Kenny. Man, is that Lizzie Stanton? It is it indeed. Is perfect timing. I mean, we just had Shane Kenny. We heard the beep beep. You were exactly on time. Oh. Yeah, I, uh, I was listening. Actually, I thought it was pretty funny. He was talking about his idea of a dystopian novel. And I'm like, um, I don't know if you've heard of this show, but it's called The 100, and it's actually filmed in Coquitlam uh, in BC. And uh, it's, it's a similar plot where they went up on a space station, and it's been like a couple hundred years, and now they have to go back to Earth, and they send like a hundred like, teenagers down there in order to like try and inhabit it because Hell it's like yeah. a nuclear active disaster. Well, teenagers, too, they're the ones to send, those hooligans. They'll just like break everything and be like, fuck it. You know, that's so... They're, that's well, they, like, they come across a bunch of like native people down there and everything, and then yeah, it's it's like it's just a similar concept though. I'm like this 
there's so, so only so much parallel thinking, right? Right. Yeah, that, that's that's true too. I, that's happened a lot to me in um in comedy where so there was this one time I was here running the board and there was a girl from Australia and she gets up on stage and she starts a joke and it was about the Little Mermaid and the things in her cave are dildos and I was like I have the exact it was almost the ex- exact joke it was like look at this stuff isn't it neat don't you think my collection's complete how many dildos does uh you know I got thingamabobs I got 20 but who cares anyway so it was the same exact idea and she was from fucking Australia and I was like wow okay well yeah, it doesn't surprise me honestly I no, mean neither. there's only hack. so That's why they many call it there's only so many thoughts you can have right yeah. I mean it's like it's like I do like a ton of like Jewish jokes. I'm like, how many people are gonna think up like the same Holocaust puns as me? A billion. <laughs> that might be your own market. <laughs> how many how many Holocaust puns does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Um, <laughs> so, do you want to do some material? Do you want to talk? What do you want to do? Um, yeah, I'd love to run through a little bit of material. Cool. Um, do your thing. I'll take notes, and um, you know when. Like maybe you know five minutes of material, and then uh, and we'll, we'll have a conversation. Yeah, sure thing. Okay. okay, so um, I I don't know. People often give credit to China enough. Like they've actually come up with a lot of things. Like for example, they were the first ones to be dying of the coronavirus, and they were also the first ones to make noodles. So they invented pasta. But in both cases, the Italians perfected it. Oh fuck! That is gold. Wow. Jesus. Lizzie Stanton, holy fucking shit. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, That is the best, most topical corona joke. Holy fuck. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Um, So I would personally like to apologize for this pandemic that's going on because I got banned from the United States, and I'm Jewish. So I'm pretty sure that I'm exactly like Moses because they fucked over another Jew and now a plague has hit. (laughs) There's been massive outbreaks of coronavirus over in Kirkland, Washington. They're the originators of Costco. People there have just been catching it in bulk. It's okay, though. As soon as there's a cure, they'll be selling it wholesale. Now... Say what you will, but I think that there is a cure for coronavirus. I agree with what Mike Pence said. Thoughts and prayers. But whose prayers are we answering? I mean, today I was in a Costco parking lot, and I couldn't find a space. There were too many people. And a guy cut me off. And I think to myself the same as everyone does when that happens. I think, God, why are there so many of these assholes? I wish there was just a massive plague that would wipe them all out. Thoughts and prayers. Say what you will, but I mean, like, I always like to think on the positive side. I try to think positive. So, like, whenever there's a massive disaster like 9-11 or a mass shooting or people dying in a pandemic, I, I try and think positively. Like, did you know that the biggest fear that people actually have is dying alone? So if you could say anything for these disasters, at least nobody died alone. Now, I've actually heard that the... British have been well prepared for the coronavirus outbreak. In fact, they even hired Julie Andrews to do a public service announcement. She's been heard singing on the BBC about what to do if you think you've contracted it. 
talking about the little mermaid uh, that they recently they recently re-released the little mermaid in live action they actually hired a black girl to play the part of Ariel and I personally am super offended but not because I'm racist but I'm sure that Disney is why were they so keen throwing out a black person to the bottom of the ocean I'm just saying it's the 1800s and that was your first thought Disney and besides, they're taking away that role from a much worse off minority group. The gingers. They're pigmentally challenged. I mean, if anyone should be under the ocean, it should be gingers. They can't survive the sun's rays. I mean, with the ozone layer being depleted, pretty soon black people is all that's going to be left. I mean, pretty soon they're going to be having to put on white face in all the movies so that they can fill in the roles of the squares and bad dancers. I I I feel bad for gingers. I I've tried tried my best to to do a charitable deed. I I I went for an entire string of potato patties. I dated an entire line of Irishmen, and it seems it doesn't matter how big the Irish guy. They've all got a wee leprechaun hiding in their pants. Oh shit! That's punching down, baby. And since some of them are circumcised, it's kind of like leprechaun too. Leprechaun in the hood. <laughs> yeah, you know, my buddy, he finger-banged an Irish girl. Now he's got a green thumb. I was terrified every time that I got my boyfriend. He was from Tipperary, and I was terrified every time that I got with him that I'd get pregnant. There's nothing worse than the idea of having unwanted tater tots. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big problem for me because, like, I don't, I don't use condoms. I don't use condoms because I am an environmentalist. Condoms are made of latex, and they're not biodegradable. The babies I throw out are. <laughs> That's horrible, God. I would never throw out a baby. That's a waste of perfectly good protein. Now, look, I'm Jewish, and we're all economists, right? And I know that Tom Cruise will pay a, penny, pretty, pl a pretty penny in order to eat some baby placenta. So imagine how much he'd pay for the whole baby. Just saying, I got a market here. Lizzie's baby back ribs. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I can say this much. If I had a baby, it would be from an Irishman anyway, and so it wouldn't really matter because they're, they're all so stupid that it would be brain dead. In fact, it would be like a vegetable. So I could actually even make it a vegan meal. Yeah, I, I feel bad if this offends anyone, but, like, I mean, the point of comedy is to make the bitter things in life more palatable, right? I'd like to think of myself as, like, the pineapple juice of the world's come. Okay, so that's, that's, that's about it. Yay! <laughs> Ending on a dick joke. Lizzie Stanton, hell yeah. Hey, that China-Italy jo joke at the top with the noodles was fucking fire. Um, Thank you. With the plagues, there were actually, you're Jew, you know there was more than one plague. I feel like you can go through a few of those plagues, possibly. 
And even like at Costco, you can bet one of the plagues. Like it's raining fl- frogs at Costco. And, um, that Pence thoughts and prayers thing was great. And then it all came back around and circled all the way around. It was great. I loved all that Costco material, especially since it's supposed to be social distancing and everyone's like super close to each other. Um, started talking about dying alone, and I was like, well, right now we all kind of are dying alone because of social distancing. We're more alone than ever, and maybe you can die on a Zoom group chat or something. Like, Actually, I was going to say that this, for me, has been the most social time in my entire life except with no physical attention, which means that it's exactly the same as my entire life has been. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of people to talk to, no one to talk to me. Exa- exactly. I, I, I feel you, girl. Uh, I don't feel you. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Uh, I felt like with the black the black people and the water and the swimming, um, there's a couple things, a couple directions you can go. A, uh, there's a stereotype that black people can't swim. So mm-hmm. that's a good one to play off of because you already have a black mermaid. and There's a, like a trope that black people aren't good at swimming. Also, oh, no, I know, I know. I got oh. that also. It was it was a play on to whole like, you know, like wasn't even that movie where like they threw all the black people in the bottom of the ocean. I don't, I don't um, know. I think they did that during slay, uh, slavery on the way over. I don't know how they did that. But, uh, yeah, they, they drowned a whole bunch of black people back in the 1800s, which is the same time as The Little Mermaid is set. So I see where you're going. They tied they tied weights, and they threw black people who were sick or whatever, the slaves, off the ships. Dear Lord. That's, that's wow. Well, okay, I didn't get your, uh, maybe, like, one more line about history. To lead, yeah, I'm to a history major, so I know that a lot of my jokes are a little bit highbrow, and people are just like, she's racist. <laughs> right, no, but I, I just didn't get, like, I, my brain started to go, like, well, if you're going with, I was like, oh, black people aren't good at swimming, or, but also that um, their hair, they get mad, get mad about their hair. their hair gets wet? Girls, yeah. yeah um, but that was all just me being kind of hack. Uh, oh, so if the black people are going in white face, there might be a thing about zinc oxide there. You know how when you put the white stuff on your nose because it keeps the sun away? From the aliens, mm-hmm. zinc oxide. Just that black people would be in white face because of the sunscreen. That's p- potential. Oh, um, and you said tater tots, and that's and that worked. Um, and you know they just when you have leftover tater tots, they're cold and not crispy, and that's gross. But <laughs> that was really good. And I would even with that abortion stuff. I think there's two direct. You went with the eating the children, but you can also go with um, stem cells, like uh, harvesting them for other strange things other than just the food that they could possibly be stealing from you but that i mean i've got so many abortion jokes it's actually somewhat terrifying that <laughs> i mean i uh, i don't do well in front of very um uh right-wing crowds <laughs> right hey i have a bunch of abortion jo- I, hey abortion's important for us to talk about especially when our civil rights and well, at least for us in the united states our constitutional rights are starting to be revoked and um i mean what happens with the i mean what happens under martial law if you have to get an abortion? <laughs> Where they go, no more abortions, and then you're like, now I have to have a baby? Like, what the fuck, man? I, mean, I, I, I have actually an think this is, I think it's interesting because I'm banned from the United States and half your population's fucking dying off. Same over here. I'm just saying, if I manage to survive this thing out, they should welcome me back with open arms. Absolutely. What are you fertile? <laughs> Come on over, Lizzie. Dan, are you exactly fertile? university yeah. educated Jewish woman? I mean, if anything else, I mean, I should be controlling their country. I'm supposed to own your media, aren't right? I? Are, you're supposed to control the weather. I think that's one of the new things. She's a witch. She can control the weather. That was a thing today. I was really excited because I 
found one of my old notebooks from like five years ago. And I was like, oh, shit, there's a bunch of jokes that I don't, I didn't even remember that I used to do. And so now I'm really excited because I have a bunch of old jokes that I can redo and make new again. I'm just like, this, this time, this time in the house has only proved like a creative boon. I feel like I lucky. feel like this is the most oddly, I don't, it's horrible. Don't get me wrong, this thing is horrible, but. Like I said, I always try and think on the positive side, and so while it's all twisted and dark and everything, yes, that's how I work, I can't help but think I have been talking more to you guys and Americans, and I'm banned from America right now, so ironically, career-wise, this probably is actually very beneficial to me in a horrible way. <laughs> all of your American contacts. Exactly. Yeah. I literally was talking for six hours, I kid you not, six hours last night, to people in America on freaking Zoom and Facebook Messenger and yeah. Skype. And I'm like, I'm probably going to have more American contacts after this. And I'm like, I can do nothing with any of them. <laughs> well, that's, the, you know, the other thing is we don't even know what what the new normal will be after this. I mean, who knows if they're going to not let us travel between countries ever again or if how one gets to do that if one chooses. I mean... Do I ever get to go to Greece again? Are we? Can anybody go to Europe? Like, when are they just gonna? Are we gonna become completely isolationist and in our in our uh, countries? Or? Good question. I'm wondering about. I mean, I don't honestly think it's gonna hold up that long. This whole thing. I mean, I like I said, my friend Jennifer. She said that she thinks that the whole thing is a conspiracy, and I'm starting to think like maybe it is. I'm like, I. I mean, we're all gonna go bananas by the end of this. I mean, I mean, not to mention, like I said, I mean, I posted this on my Facebook earlier. I'm like, they got those filters and you can like put like bunny ears on yourself. I put a picture of myself with bunny ears and I was like, ah, look, I look like a Playboy bunny except that me and Jesus were killed during the apocalypse and so I can't talk like the rabbit. <laughs> There's going to be... Everything is a joke to you. You're amazing. <laughs> like, Thank you. I'm wired fucked up. I, like I said, I can't get laid right now, so I'm probably going mental like Elaine in Seinfeld. <laughs> Might but I recommend uh, the Jimmy Jane uh, rabbit vibrator? Another rabbit reference. <laughs> it has two same. ears. I've heard that um, in the in the uh, storeroom they used to make them race across the table. Uh, they they bet on it, but um, but it they're hey they're they're a great they're a great toy. Different. I had the running joke. I was talking to a couple of male comics on my uh, Facebook Messenger feed, and um, and I was like, "Oh man, I can't, I can't get laid." And I'm like, "We're all worried that we're gonna be suffocating because of the coronavirus." And I'm like, "We're all gonna have our lungs choked up." And I'm like, "Please, if I'm gonna get choked by, a, it's supposed to be a man, not a fucking, you know, slim." If you're gonna get, yeah, if you're gonna get choked, let it be the, absolutely. Hey, our next caller's on the line, Lizzie Stanton. Thank you so much for calling. You're amazing, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Yay, Love bye. you guys. Okay, here comes our next caller. Hey, caller, you're on the air. Oh, my goodness. Oh, hey, Aaron, Benjamin. my man, my man, uh, my man from Fresno, Aaron Lewis. Oh, right on time. Oh, you're talking to I, we, we my were just, man. Yeah. You're, uh, you're our third caller. We've just, uh, we just uh, dumped out on Lizzie Stanton. She had a great new set. She's from British Columbia calling in. We got Pancake in the house. Yeah, my man, Aaron Lewis, calling from from Fresno. First, I have to ask, how was dinner last night? What did you have, and how was it, and oh, how awesome is your well, aunt? Oh, we, we used some hamburgers 
and I put a massive amount of onions on it, and it was fucking glorious. Yeah. Grilled um, onions or raw onions? Um, well, I'm a wrestler, so I don't like to cover it, but it's like, um, it's like, oh, I can actually smoke a cigarette while I do a set today. Hell yeah. Uh, like, a, like, like, I'm like a real comedian, you know? So Absolutely. Like, Bill uh, Hicks it out, baby. Yeah, hell yeah, but, um, hold on one second. Oh yeah, do your thing. Light it up. Let the listening audience know again, you're listening to mutinyradio.fm. This is Joke Workshop. We have Aaron Lewis on the line from Fresno. Um, He's been I'm not gonna lie. He's been medevac. No, he hasn't been medevaced out. Ginger, for all the ginger jokes. Oh yeah. I, I I I finally fell racist for the first time. <laughs> I don't know if I have any material, Pam. I might just talk shit the whole time. Sure, talk shit. Talk, um, yeah, I'm down with that. You know what? You know there's 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 so many uncertainties in this life right now, but I do know one thing. I love coming in, bitches, okay? <laughs> uh, but, you know, I don't know if I want kids or not. But I do know I'd be a good dad. Here's the day in the life of me being a good dad. Hey, Ass Piss is my son's name. Yeah, Jeff is my dog's name. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll have a daughter. Pete Pussy is my daughter's name. Oh, we can't hear you when you take the phone away and yell in the other room. Oh, fuck. So they didn't get the, they didn't get the, the Pete Pussy joke. Do the, yeah, oh, do the and my aunt just told me to shut up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> your aunt doesn't like you screaming pee pussy while you're smoking outside? No way. I guess not. No man. way. I guess, well, it's an old joke. I guess I should work on new shit. No, but it's funny because it's, it's, that's a funny joke that your aunt is like, stop doing your old jokes, Aaron. Yeah. We are, the, like, the, the neighborhood before. is sick of hearing about pee pussy. No, I, I don't actually have any new. That's okay. We can help you. Maybe I'll just talk shit the whole time. We can help you write a joke. Hey, you know, everybody everybody right now is just like, well, I talked to you about this last night, but, you know, everybody's just like, oh, yeah, now is a great time to write jokes. And I'm like, all your quarantine jokes are going to fucking suck. (laughs) I I mean... If a, this is gonna be the worst bomb I've ever done before. <laughs> what is the the this right now? Right, right now, yeah. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to bomb when you're in a bomb shelter. Part of the when you're already. I'm actually in a very. I wish I could take a picture of this backyard. I mean, very picturesque. Oh, is even it? Even though it's in the even though it's the shithole of California. How's yeah. how's the sunset out there? Last night the sunset here was really uh, beautiful. The cl- well, colors were really vibrant. Yeah, it was it's raining last night, so it was pretty nice. But it looks, it looks nice. It was cloudy here today. I think the government's trying to control the weather. Dude, I think the government's trying to control his dick, dude. Cause that's actually a funny joke. The government's trying to control my dick. 
and then you go, you, that's actually really funny. If you're like, the government's trying to control my dick, and then what? And then where? And where they're trying to control you? I didn't want to go to CVS. I don't need condoms. <laughs> I'm just masturbating into a sock. What do I need a condom for, government? Is is that Jonathan? Uh, Pancake is here. Jonathan's here. Also, he's just not on a microphone. Um, it's uh, it's funny because I'm like, uh, I'm I'm still using I'm using Tinder right now. How can uh, you use Tinder I, during the apocalypse? That's a joke in itself. You're still using Tinder <laughs> in the apocalypse. Dude, like you I'm have to stay hit. six feet away from hit, the bitch. Bro. You can't even touch your I'm boob. Getting <laughs> I'm getting hits, Pam. You're getting hits because you're yeah. in Fresno. You're not getting tits? Yeah, bro. Are they I'm giving getting, you titty getting, pictures? You're getting to see those nips? I'm getting some nudes. I am getting some nudes, son. Getting some nudes. No, that's the thing is you can only get a picture of the nip. You can't touch it because your arm isn't six feet long. Like oh. maybe if you oh. – Maybe if you do some like foot titty fucking, it'll be okay. Like you can, you can like touch her – boob with your foot as long as you keep your face like uh-huh. at her toes or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll wear a mask and a condom. Yeah, this is the perfect time for cosplay. This is the perfect time. That's Yeah, this is the perfect time for cosplay. Everybody, furries, now's the time. You can get in your furry suit, wear a mask under there, wrap yourself in saran wrap. I was thinking Immortan Joe from Mad Max. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Dude, have you watched uh, uh, Fury Road? Yeah, that's exactly what I was referencing. So, okay, so my favorite scene in all of cinema is when they're getting the when they're milking the titties. They just got all that titty milk, and uh, that's when you know you made it when you got a glass full of fucking Fury Road titty milk. Yeah, I. I I, I, I tried to have some friends watch it recently, and I was like, this is the best movie that's ever been made. And they thought I was lying. And then I showed them the titty milk scene, and then they still didn't agree, so I just fucking to blasted give, them on Fury Road. To give them to give you some historical context, I think maybe the first time titty milk was fictional something was John Steinbeck in the finale – Last part of the Grapes of Wrath, the last, in the last chapter oh, of the Grapes of yeah. Wrath, when they have gotten all the way to California and people are starving, and she, you know, the, the woman pulls out her boob and it. feeds the old man from her tit, tit in the barn, yeah. and it's John Steinbeck, Steinbeck in the dust pool. In W's battle, uh, is that how you say it? What? Dubious battle, W's battle. Du- uh, the W.E.B. Du Bois. Du- Boys, uh, the black guy. No, no, no! It was a book that Steinbeck wrote. Oh, about, uh, like well, this a was socialist uprising uh, among like uh, all these field workers. He had like a whole chapter about this girl, like fucking. She was just had a baby, and that baby was just sucking on his dick. But um, this is and th- it's the grapes of wrath, and it's the end, and. Cheap. No, no, no. This, oh. this, this is before the great. Trust me, I've read. All right. Uh, wow. It, Steinbeck too. used it twice. Dear Lord. Yeah. I am, so there we go. He is obviously was not breastfed. <laughs> he's got a fascination <laughs> yeah. with tits. Yeah, what you do? He's all into that lactation. Hey, I'm into lactation too. I think I want to save all the vegans consent-based milk. 
surprised we don't. I'm surprised we don't keep girls, uh, you know, with the lactating all the time. Yeah, everybody should yeah. be lactating. <laughs> I, I agree. I always wondered why uh, we didn't have any pig milk. Like, why can't you milk a pig? And then I sort of realized it's because pig's not going to let you milk it. It's the um, same thing like a cat. A cat would never let you milk it, right? I've like, looked into this so much, it's disgusting. Pig milk? Just every kind of milk. Human milk, camel milk. Camel milk well, is camel gross. Camel milk is a thing. It is a thing. I've had camel milk, and it's gross. It's very thick. You didn't like it? No. No, I did not like Where it. Where did you have it? Uh, in, in L.A. You had it in L.A.? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, is, it is. It was like during Christmas, and our Jonathan's cousin's boyfriend was like, "I got camel milk. We're all gonna try some camel milk." And I was like, "I, I'll take a sip." Yeah, you know what I'm obsessed yeah. with is like fermented, like alcoholic horses milk. Yeah, because that's how like the Mongolian Empire conquered the whole entire globe. Well, okay, so actually, it's very interesting you bring up the Mongol uh, Mongolians. So, you know, Mongolian hot pot where you go and then there's like boiling stuff and you cook the meat in it. That's yeah. actually what they did. One of the reasons why the Mongols were able to take over China is that they all rode horses. And yeah, so and they, they were would, able to ferment their horses. Blood. Well, they would eat their horses blood too. They would, they would go to where they were staying, sleeping over, and they would, you know, let their horses eat grass or whatever. And then they would bleed their horses into their hats. And then they would cook their hats over the fire and they would make a blood cake. So they basically ate their horses. And that's how they were able to cross so much land without having so many supplies. Because all the other armies, they had to bring all of these food things and stuff, and you had to walk yeah, with no, an they, army. They, they. Pam, yeah. I have, like, Asperger's over the Mongol Empire. It's oh. fucking crazy. Because yeah. uh, Genghis and later on Kublai and all the other Khans were... They were betting a thousand. Yeah. Like, they won every war they went to, except when they went to Japan. They they couldn't cross the sea, but um. Because the horses, um, they're just like the Dothraki. Yeah, no, George Martin. That's not what it's based on, but it's like, yeah, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, bit. right. Like, um, yeah. Wait, was that supposed to be material? Well, you do it. We're doing whatever you want to do. I mean, we got we got three minutes left, and we're just talking and having a good time. Feeling yeah, good? I'm having a good time. I am too. We got we got to teach the people a little bit about history. Got to yeah, got yeah. to check in with pee pussy, aspis. Wait, but, but you know what I've been thinking about recently? Like, why? Like, when people go out and like conquer other people, like, what's the point? To get their I'm resources. Not to sound like preachy. I'm just like actually wondering why they do it. To either because get their. I've been bored and I've been reading a lot of history recently, and I just don't see like a reason other than it's just like, let's just go and like beat them. Like. Well, it's it's to take their resources or control their resources in a different way, or destroy what they had so that you can build new resources for them, and then you make money because you have the contracts. That's why we like to bomb things go in and then we destroy stuff and then we go oh look at us we're humanitarians we're gonna come in and we're gonna help you rebuild 
Except uh, that we're making all the money off of rebuilding when we could have just I gone tell you, over. I love bombing. Well, like, bombs are as you can tell. <laughs> bombs are expensive. Why spend a million dollars on a bomb when we could spend a million dollars instead of destroying a building like refurbishing it that already works? Uh, it's not fun though. I, well, but like, why why continually continuously abuse our resources like so haphazardly in that we we fly because all the way to the illegal. other part? Of, well, and because and because it's all money, we just want to keep making money, and we don't care how many people we kill because we can make more money. Yeah. It's so much, dude. But it's so much fun to fly a jet over four people and then drop a bomb on them and be bumping ACDC. Like oh. hell yeah. Except that they're real people and they die and stuff. And I mean, yeah, I know. No, I'm, I'm joking, yeah. but like, I yeah. don't actually want to kill anybody. <laughs> well, maybe that's maybe that's what they're doing for us. Is that they're trying to. You know, call the population through some I crazy told my virus. Pee pussy to pick up my dog shit, you know? <laughs> no, when are they gonna? When are we gonna genetically engineer a dog that eats its own shit? Am I right? <laughs> Come on. Um, it's what only, are we doing it here? Exists. Wait. Um, let me tell you one of my best stories. Okay, you've got. And this is a tr- two minutes what? for it. You've got two minutes. The next. I got two minutes. Two for minutes it? to tell okay. your story, and then we got next call caller coming in. So. One day, I got off the bus from school, and I realized I forgot my keys. And then, so I just hopped into my backyard just to, like, hang out, read a book. And I realized I had to fucking drop a log. Like, I had to shit. Like, a real, like, this is not the shit that we talked about previously that was all liquidy. This is, like, a solid log. First big boy poo. Dude, the biggest poop that ever lived. This this poop had a heavyweight championship belt. Um, so <laughs> I went and I pooped in my backyard. In your own backyard. Because you couldn't find backyard. the key. Because I was I was waiting for somebody to get home. Right. Like my mom or my dad. Sure. And then and my my dog wouldn't stay away from it. And my dog gobbled my log. Wow. Wow. I tried it's to log, keep it away It's from log, it's log, it's big, it's made of poop. <laughs> it's log, it's log. It's fucking log, dude. It's 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 the Lord's log. It is right? doo-doo. And your dog I ate tried. your log. Ate your log. Um, thank you so much, Aaron Lewis. We've got our next caller on the line. You're amazing. We miss right, you. We'll thanks, talk ma'am. to you soon. Oh. Bye, Aaron Lewis. We've got Jen Perez on the line. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Awesome. Perez calling all the way from San Jose. Sure, why not? Actually, Oakland, California. Oh, Oakland. Sure. Great. Oakland. Awesome. You're in residence. I'm with Pancake here in the studio. We've been taking calls and have you been have you been real prolific in your writing in this past week of uh i have a couple of new jokes nothing too crazy um i'm you know i'm still starting out so it's hard for me to write jokes but uh, <laughs> i want to say hi to everyone out there I, I know pancakes there who else is with you just you and pancakes no and uh by jonathan hello jonathan. hi hi everybody i uh i got caught off guard guard my my mom decided to call me a few minutes before so i missed Half of the oh, it's all good. We were yeah. we're not dropping any gems here. I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's 
hard to tell. I just heard the guy taking a shit in his uh, backyard. Yes. I took a shit once in the front yard, but not of my own house. It was someone else's house. I was on a run, and I had to go. So I went in someone's yard. But that's, you know. I don't don't think I've ever taken a shit in public. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, good for you. Well, but you were in New York for a long time, so – I think it's a little yeah. different when you grow up in California. Like the whole world is your toilet. You know, you're at the beach, you're <laughs> at a park, you gotta go. Ah, uh, all right, that's funny. <laughs> I know we're gross. <laughs> I, it's, it's not the first time. There used to be a joke my ex-husband used to say whenever something someone would say something. You go like, "There's a Pam shit in the woods" instead of a bear because I I poop so much in public that like. There's a Pam oh, shit in the woods. Because I'd go on these runs. I used to be a runner. And I'd ah. go on long runs. And sometimes it was just like, you're on a run and you're already sweaty. You, you can't run into like a Safeway and be all sweaty and run to the back and take a dump. Sometimes it's just easier to sort of go in a ravine or in a canyon or in someone's front yard. I, I forgot what podcast I was listening to. Oh, I think it was um, The Honeydew or something. And they were talking about taking a shit in water. It's much easier to take a shit in water. Oh, dear God. I've never, I've, yeah. Oh, no. In a lake or something? I, I've never done that. I don't think I could do it because I'd feel like I'd feel it around me. I would never want to take a shit in water because I would be in the water. So yeah. it would be like touching me in its poopy state. Not That's cool. What I was but these were two dudes talking about it. Oh, so I don't know. I mean, I guess if it's a river. Okay, how about this? If it's a river and it's swiftly moving. And it's swiftly moving in a direction. And I have to hold on to something so that I do not move swiftly with the river. That's in that different. case, I would take a dump. Yeah. It would like not be near me or swirling around me yeah, in any way. Yeah. Glad we got that out of the way. Uh, oh, do you want to do, oh. do, do your jokes and I'll, we'll take notes yeah. and, and listen and all that kind of stuff? All right, cool. I'll, I'll tell some of my jokes. Cool. All right. Um, so uh, I grew up, my parents, my, uh, my, I grew up primarily with my grandparents and my mom sometimes. Uh, and my grandparents are Cuban. My, my parents are Cuban. Uh, and my, my abuelo, which is my grandpa, he, he calls every white man he meets John. He calls him John because, only because uh, my uncles growing up had one white friend and his name happened to be John. So every time he sings, oh, hello there, John, how you doing? Every time, every time he meets another White guy is in an office. He's trying to get insurance. Okay, John. Okay, John. I take care of it. Okay, John. That's, that's my guy. Um, you know, growing, uh, when I was in college, I had a ballet teacher. And uh, the male ballet teacher, and everyone knew he was a drunk. And we were in college, and we'd have to do, especially freshman year, 7 a.m. ballet classes. And we'd go, and then like, we'd be doing our exercises at the bar. Not the bar where you drink, but the bar where you hold on <laughs> to do the exercises. And, uh, and we were doing our exercises, and then he would pass by, and every time he'd pass by, he'd fart. Like, he would be farting all morning. And then if he really hated you, he'd stand next to you and fart and then correct you and, like, make sure you're doing the exercise right. And then if he really, really hated you, he'd whisper in your ear and say, you're wasting your money. Uh-huh. Um, and the last, the last three dudes that I slept with had brain injuries. Uh, the first guy was a cop. I mean, all right, all right, I know that sounds weird. They had the injuries before I got to them. It wasn't my fault. Uh-huh. They had brain injuries. 
And uh, the first guy was a police officer. He was shot in the head. Uh, the second guy uh, was born with brain injuries. Like, he had a scar as a baby. They did some brain surgery on him. And, uh, and the third guy was uh, in a car accident. And that's why he got a brain injury. So I, I think the lesson here is that I should, I should just be dating NFL players at this time. <laughs> or at the, very least, at the very least, bring a hammer with me to the bar. Uh, that. Um, did you know this? Uh, have you been watching the, the Unabomber? Uh, documentary on Netflix. The Unabomber took a shit in a bathtub. Did you know this? Like, out of all the things, living in the middle of the, of the woods, progressively getting better at creating bombs and hurting people and mailing them off to people. One day, in the middle of the woods, his neighbors were making too much noise. He went into their place, he wrecked their place, and he took a shit in the tub. What the hell? Like there was DNA. There's DNA evidence there. And he didn't catch him. He went on he went on to bomb for like ten more years. But you know, I guess I guess he's he's a, he's good at two things. He's he's good at dropping deuces and bombs. Uh I guess I'm bombing like this joke. That's it. Thank you. Yay! <laughs> yay! Yay, Jen Perez, yay. <laughs> okay, so I think you have an opportunity at the beginning with that Cuban and Cuban. You said, uh so my mom's Cuban and my dad's Cuban, which makes me Mexican. Hey, it's a good one. Right? Just because everybody, yeah. I think that that's a good, like, you know, because yeah. we're all stupid and might as well make fun of it. Uh, it's okay. just it's just an easy, it's an easy softball one. My mom is Cuban, my dad is Cuban. Uh, John, the whole John thing, I feel like it's, um, you can relate it back to the audience by somehow, it's what other people, when other people call people boss, you know, like, hey, John, hey, John, hey, boss, hey, boss, something like yeah. that where it's like a put down but not, I don't know, I, I don't, no, 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 it's her joke. She kept saying, John, 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 in the joke, Jonathan, John. What, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what, what? I was like, no, 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 boss, hey, boss. Um, the ballet story is amazing. I feel like you could do a little more things like the ballet, at 7 a.m., the ballet bar smelled like a bar. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more with the bar thing. Like, when he'd say you're wasting your money, he'd say, take that $5 and go spend it at the bar. No, really, you should just be <laughs> drinking heavily. Like, what yeah. are you doing in ballet class? You suck. So, yeah. um, I, I remember my ballet teachers were very mean. But they I feel like there's a lot you could do with bar and bar and people smelling at the bar and that he's farting yeah. in front of you because all he can smell is the whiskey, like, as you're... And I'd throw in some ballet things, too, like... You know, plie or autobere or you know, some oh, right, yeah. specific. Well, PA for sure. Just bend down and just part, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and if you come if you like um Wait. there's all kinds of things where you go down to the front and, and touch your toes yeah. and then go back up and you combre back and you're just like all up in that fart. No, oh. I, I got you. I just extend yeah. that a little bit. That was all very funny. A lot of <laughs> sense memory for me. Because I used to do that same thing. Traumatic brain injury, I think there's an opportunity for you to talk about why you like guys with problems or, like, retarded yeah. guys. I, maybe you don't feel comfortable using the R word. I don't know who does anymore. But NFL yeah. players thing was very funny at the end. But I yeah. before you do that, why am I not dating NFL players? Before you get to that, I'd, I'd hit up the whole, like, you like guys with serious problems. Like, not just, like, I hate my mom, but I've been shot in the head. You know, <laughs> like... Yeah, they're um, they're like yeah. it's like real industry, and then uh, that last thing with the 
um, he could really lay a bomb. I feel like shit is a bomb is a bomb. I feel like you can do a little bit more with he's laying pipe bombs or like laying pipe. Like think about different euphemisms for poop and that might go with pipe bombs or bombs of some kind. Yeah. But good I just, stuff. It's not pieces, but I guess it's not. It's like, uh. I mean, and you can even tag it back to your ballet guy in that you could smell one of his. You'd know his shit. Like, you know, like, yeah. if, some, if he shit in your tub, you'd be like, I know exactly who threw this. And he's like, no question. This is my ballet teacher. I farted my face for years, or at yeah. least for a semester. Nice. Uh, yeah. And you could even tag that back to when you're talking about dating guys, maybe now you've got this fetish with farts. You're like, I really don't feel like I know a guy unless he farts in my face. Thank like, you. This is all great. Thank you. Yeah, he can't touch my ass unless he farts in my face first. Do you remember, like, my ballet teacher used to touch my ass all the time. Like, oh, yeah. With, with their hand or with a, a ruler or a pencil mm-hmm. or something. Hitting yeah. my ass cheeks going, come on. You, I know you've got dimples in that fat ass of yours. Uh, yeah. And then hitting it. So... But yeah, I, anything having to do with ballet, like I'm 100% in. And I don't know how many like fucking audiences are going to be like, I totally relate with that. But, you know, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. So how are you despite um, with all this, this crazy uh, stuff going on right now? You okay? You, you miss people? Uh, yeah, I've been doing good. I kind of panicked the other day just because I hadn't gone. I haven't, I haven't gone outside. Friday. Whoa. Um, so today I took a dance class. My friend did a virtual class. Cool. And that was fun. Uh, I put some some clips of that on my Instagram and whatnot. Um, and that really helped. But yesterday was pretty bad. I was just like inside all day and kind of feeling a little. Sorry. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and I, then I, uh, I yeah. I've been trying to walk at least miles a day so I've been like um instead of because also I heard that taking the bus is a dangerous thing or whatever and it's you can be a vector blah 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 so I've just been walking to work like from the tenderloin yeah. to the mission and I've done it actually and on Saturday I walked all the way from my house yell to the pristine Baker Beach Whoa. Oh, wow I know I walked all the way to Nathan's house and, and you were there to no, we just nude beach. Well, we didn't. No one was naked at Baker Beach on that day. We were all just um, having fun, hanging out at the beach. There were a lot of people out there. It was like one of the busiest days I've ever seen at that beach, which is funny. But it was a lot of people in groups of like eight or smaller, okay. like all being okay. away from each other. And uh, yeah, we were a group of three, so it was no big deal. Well, we had uh, there were two other people we sort of communed with for a while, but then. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely social distancing. There was this one guy. It was the best moment of the of the night, I think. It was beautiful sunset, and this guy was walking with this big, huge glass of wine. Looked kind of like a rich guy, <laughs> and he was smiling and smiling. And I was like, "Hey, happy apocalypse, bro!" And he's like, "This is a beautiful day. I love the apocalypse. Look at this beautiful night. Look at this gorgeous sunset. I've got an amazing glass of wine. Everything is perfect. Nice. Have a great day, everyone." And it was like, yeah. "Oh, okay." Yeah, that's awesome. I I have I've been a little afraid to go outside, but I I have to go outside for work. I have to go to my office uh twice a week, so Wednesday and Friday. Oh. So 
So uh, why why yeah. are you, it's considered necessary work or you just have to check yeah, in? Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm an assistant. I'm okay. A executive assistant. So me and the office manager, the office manager has to go to work, and we're a property management company. Okay. So all the the people who are techs who are out there trying to repair things in people's apartments and stuff like that, they yeah. have to work as well. Sure. So the office manager, the last time I saw her on Friday, she had just received a whole bunch of disposable gloves and shoe covers for all the, the people working in the field. And yeah. I'm basically going in there to collect mail for my team. And then I have to make a bank deposit because I, I assist the accounting team. And it that's, that's why we're going in. We're just going into the office to collect mail. Everyone else in the company is working from home. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm only coming into Mutiny Radio like, sort of make sure everything's okay and yeah. stuff here and everything's have you heard of anything done. weird going on anything like, weird like what i mean you're an assistant for an executive property management property, property management, management yeah are they gonna uh, forgive our loans are they gonna forgive our rent for a month do you think i was reading something about it yes you will not uh, evictions are banned I oh great yes yeah. For this time being, you will not you will not be evicted. That I do know. I read that somewhere because we also have our Slack. That's how we communicate in the office. And someone post posted something about that. I think in California, no one will get evicted. But you obviously have to try and pay whatever you can pay. I guess would be the advice for your rent. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm personally okay because of how I deal with my economy, my personal economy, but I know that there are so many people right now that are freaking out because they're like, I mean, I know people that don't just live month to month. They kind of live week to week and a lot of them are in the service industry. And I mean, the first thing is fuck your student loans. Like, don't even think about that. People don't even worry. Don't fucking trip. Like that's the last thing you need to worry about. I guess rent would be first, but hopefully, hopefully they'll give us a little bit of a leeway. I mean, especially. Yeah, I would. I would think so. I think if they were smart enough, um, they would do that because we all depend on each other. I mean, as far as I, I'm pretty lucky this year. Last year, I was in a, in a bad situation, working a lot of temp jobs and, and didn't have steady pay. Mm. So I'm really lucky this year that that that's the case. And what I've been doing, just because I know I'm that lucky, is anytime, I, any chance I get. I've done a couple of virtual mics and there people are asking for donations. I give as you know what I can. That's good. I took a dance class today for my friend. I paid, I paid, I send them money like it was any regular dance class. Um yeah. that's what I've been trying to do. Because I, I know there's other people that, that aren't as fortunate. I, I mean I was just um I was thinking about like I've been doing plies in my house and everything and I and I was like, God, you know, I'd really love to take a dance class and I thought in my head like in the past it was oh, I can't take a dance class because it's too expensive. And now I'm like, well, I can't take a glass dance class because nobody can. <laughs> nobody. Like, just access no, to a mirror. They're just doing them Facebook Live. They're like, hey, donate whatever you can. Yeah. yeah. That's what I did today. It was fun. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Learn a TikTok <laughs> dance. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got to get on TikTok. I'm going to figure that out at some point this week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I was making a joke. But no, you should get on TikTok. Why not? Like. <laughs> I'm sure you, well, you used to do all kinds of fun choreography and stuff. Did you get your, yeah. do you still have, do you still have your Jets cheerleading outfit? I don't. We have to oh, give that back. Shut up. 
Yeah. So you, you have can to you send me a picture of yourself in your Jets cheerleading outfit? I mean, I know yeah, that sounds yeah. creepy and weird, I'll, but like I love cheerleaders. And I'll I'm, send you. I'll send you a picture. Of, thank sure, you. If you, you could messenger me a picture. Asking me about it the other day, so I found them all. Oh, that's so great! Oh my God, take pictures of them with your other cameras or whatever, and I want to see. I still yeah, have pictures yeah. of myself from high. I was so bummed because I was a cheerleader in the '90s, and our outfits were so ugly, and and they were not tight. They were like super baggy because it was like '92. Everything was baggy. It was like cinch your jeans. Wear your dad's jeans and cinch them. So dumb. <laughs> And now it's like little tiny things where you show off your cute little bod. And well, I just feel so pissed because all of my cheerleading uniforms that I can still fit in are fucking baggy and lame. <laughs> well, this, well, this cheerleader, they, when, when these outfits came out, they, um, they made fun of us because they looked like we had diaper butts. So yeah. Oh, why. no. <laughs> you'll see why. <laughs> diaper butts. Like the new Thinks. Banks or whatever the fuck it is. That weird yeah. thing. I, I'm so uh, envious of your time being an NFL cheerleader. That's like one of the. I got, yeah, I got very lucky. I, that was not my intention. I was studying dance. I was supposed to be a serious dancer, supposed to be some modern dancer or ballet person. And I'd been auditioning and auditioning. I couldn't get anything. And um, this is right outside of college. I graduated college. I was auditioning for everything, musicals, everything. And that was one of the auditions I went to, and I didn't expect nothing of it. And I made it to the finals. I had I didn't even have makeup on. And the coach goes to me, you need to clam it up. You need to put on some lipstick. Put on some lipstick, girl. Put on lipstick. And I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know because I was dancing modern dance and sure. ballet. You know, it's not very serious. The makeup, so. Modern dance, I always had a problem with because I can't. Because I was trained as a ballerina for so many years, it was very difficult yeah. for me to let go of my center. And and that's a whole thing in modern dance is like letting go of your center and being – there's there's an extra – I don't know. There's a different movement, and it's you know less regimented and more freeing. And I love ballet, and I love ballet when it's – when you're so good at it that there is a freeing moment when you're almost letting go, right. but still in it. Anyway, but it, that was – it was so hard for me yeah. to... I, I did not have an issue because I, I danced, I've been dancing and jumping around and uncles were DJs and I've been listening to music my whole life. Yeah. And then, you know, I danced Spanish music and stuff, so loosening my, my body to do that, I had no problem with modern. Right. I probably had more of an issue with ballet. Okay. So I think yeah. that was my thing is that because I was constantly trying to maintain balance, it was hard for me to go outside that and sort of breathe outside. I had a, I had a modern dance teacher named Jean Isaacs once say to me, and it was so, I was 19 years old, and she looked at me and she said, there's so much fear in you. And I was like, holy fuck, you saw right through me. You're exactly right. And I think about that all the time. Like, even in my life now, in 30 years, you know, later, there's so much fear in me still. Well, that's what I learned on Saturday when I was lowercase mushroom. That <laughs> that fear and shame are effective motivators. Very, very effective motivators. Now yeah. whether they're good or bad, it depends. But I mean, right now I think we're all being manipulated through not manipulated is the wrong word, we're being motivated 
by fear, and it's effective. And shame is also an effective motivator in that we're being taught right now, you're out of the house without a mask? How dare you? How dare you be in a group of more than four people? What is happening to you? What are you, you're, so fear and shame are molding us right now. Yeah. And, and know from the past that that's a, that's a great way. And so how do we not be motivated by that right now? It's all around us. So it I don't, is. I don't know I the think answer. You just have to remember to, you have to remember to be a human being. Just be nice to each other. That's all. You don't, there's no need to bear more shit into the shit that we're in already. Sounds like know. that you sound like um uh fucking what they call uh be excellent to each other. Party oh, on, dude. Bill and Ted. Like, Bill and Ted's like excellent you adventure. Watch, uh, you just watch Tom Papa. Tom Papa special. I like that one the most because that one's real lighthearted. You're doing fine. That's the name of the special. The name of the what? Tom Papa. I, who's John Papa? On Netflix, he has a special called "You're Doing Fine." Oh. Have you have you um have you exhausted your Netflix queue yet, or do you still feel like you got no? I I'm one of those weird people. I like watching old TV. Uh, so like I I watch new TV a lot and old movies, and uh, I watch last night. Uh, The Honeymooners is on at ten o'clock every Sunday. I was watching that, and then I watch a couple of HBO shows. I was watching Avenue Five. That's over now, I think. The Mick the Mick the McMillions documentary or something, or Mc- the documentary about uh, the scam they did with uh, McDonald's Monopoly. Oh, thing. I don't know about that. See, you've got all the, you've got all kinds of weird stuff in your queue. I've never yeah, heard of. That's a, yeah, that's HBO, and then I was watching the Tiger King. I fell asleep watching that. On oh Sunday. yeah, the the Tiger thing, the Tiger King. Tiger King. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, people are crazy. You know what I loved about that is they were idiots or had the wherewithal to tape everything the whole time. It's yeah. like you're doing ridiculous crimes and you're doing it in the public it eye and having someone film you. Okay. Yeah. It was edited in that way. They were choosing to have the person was, film them and film their crimes. It was yeah. an arson. There's a lot of crazy stuff. I say, if you're going to watch something old, have you ever seen the movie Harold and Maude? Harold and Maude. That sounds so familiar. Harold and Maude is a movie from the 70s. It's fucking great. It's really sad and creepy and amazing. Old and weird. Mm. Uh, Look that up if you like old movies. Yeah. Uh, The costume design is fantastic. It's like this older, it's like this young kid who's super rich and is like suicidal kind of, but not really. And this old woman who's like a gypsy, and he, they fall in love. Mm-hmm. And she, anyways, it's weird. It's a great movie. And other That's old it. movies. Have you seen Fletch? No. Oh, my God. You've never seen Fletch? Fletch oh, for the you. love of God. Guess, Chevy yeah. Chase. It's like 1983. Uh, Modern Problems is another good one, but Fletch is better. 1983. He's a journalist. Just, just trust me. Watch Fletch, and you'll laugh so hard. It's so good. It's so good. It's so yeah. funny. And uh, Harold and Mon is very heartfelt. Wait, go ahead. What was that? Naked Gun I was watching. Yeah, Naked Gun is a little <laughs> bit after Fletch. Uh, it's more, I mean, that's like in the vein. Uh, bef- 
Naked Gun is funny, satire. but better than Naked Gun is even Airplane. It's almost Airplane, like yeah, but those hilarious. No, well, Fletch, Fletch is just a movie about a journalist, and it's great, and um, it's really, really great. It has Chevy uh, Chase, and a lot of other actors. You'll be like, oh, my God, I know a ton of these actors. And oh, okay. And it's really, really, really good. It's a great, great, great 80s movie. It's seminal there. in comedy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Leslie Nielsen, same thing. Instead of Leslie Nielsen in Naked Gun, Leslie Nielsen in Airplane. Is, oh, I hilarious. Mean, Airplane is the best. I love watching Airplane or Blazing Saddles. My oh, family. my God. I love yeah. watching them. All that stuff is great. So, hey, everybody, if you're getting bored with your Netflix queue, remember <laughs> that not ev- – there, there was a world before 1987. There DVDs? really was. Do you have yeah. anything before to watch? Before 1999, before The Matrix came out, there were movies. And, and they, they existed. And they you need a lot to of rent them. them. It's 20,000 I yeah. never saw that all the way through because I was so bored. It is that, pretty yeah, boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was like the most boring Disney movie oh, ever. And then they, made, then they made the cool submarine ride at Disneyland. And it used to go yeah. all the way underwater yeah. till yeah. people went underground. And now. So it looks like, but it used to actually go all the way underwater till they had an accident in the early 70s. Uh, Jen, do you have any more uh, gems to drop with us, or what's? Uh... No, that's it. I mean, as far as uh, whatever I've been watching, I don't. I I I read books sometimes too. So... You read books? Are you a witch? Yeah. <laughs> she I reads. Read, she's uh, witch. I read um. What is it called? Um. Uh. The War of Art. The War of Art. Yeah, it's a book. That like uh, Joey Diaz and Joe Rogan recommend. <laughs> oh, it's um, it's just about creativity. It's it's just helping you get past um, you know, pra- procrastination and knowing that that's always going to be a barrier. Kind of that's what I got most out of this book. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're struggling with com- coming up with creative thoughts and things like that, it kind of explains that there's always going to be that kind of barrier that's stopping you from doing it. Have to kind of keep going after that to keep going. You know what? I don't know. Well, I gotta. There's all kinds of uh, cool tricks that one can learn to create. Like, um, I mean, I hate to always go back to poetry, but there are like poetic writing exercises that one can do where you take something that exists and you sort of translate it through a different lens. So you're using a different kind of creativity. Or um, I've done other things where don't have to come up with your own language. A lot of times it's difficult for people to come up with their own words. You can use different systems to find words. For example, you can take a newspaper and just get a Sharpie and look at the page and just circle any words that are interesting to you. And once you have a page full of circled words, then you try to build a map and bridge them together and make sensible thought out of the words that you culled from something larger. That makes sense? Or um, yeah. another poetic experience, it's called Flarf, and you can go to your um, inter- any internet search engine and you put in like your ne- name. So like I put in Pam Need, came up with a bottle of whiskey and an abortion, and like you know like it's just the search feed. You 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 call the search feed, so it gives you. So instead of having the pressure to create your own language, find something that you can get the language from, and then you just use it like a puzzle piece it together 
And so oftentimes putting yourself in a box or giving yourself limitations can make you even more creative. Ah. Ah. That's, yeah, but lately I've been coming. That's helpful. Yeah, I mean, seriously, just use the newspaper because also you can, you can look at a specific story and especially if it's dry and you can pick out all the words that you like. Uh, Another way I used to do it, but right now it doesn't because we can't be around too many people socially. But I would take a notebook and I would just listen to what's around me and write down whatever I'm hearing. So snippets of other people's conversations, little yeah. bits of language, things that you see as you're like if you're in a bus and you see some words and you write those down. Mm-hmm. And then after you've sort of collectively, unconsciously brought a bunch of language into yourself, then you use that and create something out of it. And it feels... I don't know. Sometimes it's really hard for someone to just sit down with a blank page and make up words. Yeah, I a lot of I, I can see that. That's definitely I've been journaling since I was young. Yeah. I just lost uh, this, you know, practice, but I used to do it a lot in high school, all the way up to college, and then I kind of stopped. But I write things down all the time. But I have definitely that last part you were talking about where you someone's conversation I've definitely written things down like that or if I see something somewhere where just like interesting thing I'll write it down all the time and then later on it'll it'll give me an idea for something but most of what I write is partly true so they're just right well that's how humor happens is that it like it's hard to make jokes in a vacuum you know like it has to somehow relate to you as a person because how does it relate to someone else as a person if it doesn't relate to Right. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is super helpful. Yay, and, um, Jen! You know, Yay! I'm watch those two movies. I'll try and find them. Yeah. Um. And <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'll be back here, um, Wednesday noon to four. So I'll be letting people know on the internet and all that right. kind of stuff. So cool. thank you Hope so you much for calling in. Yay! Great new jokes. Thanks, Jen. Bye. Yay! 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 Jen Perez. Yay! Joke workshop. Yay. That was great. I'm really happy. I'm really happy with that joke workshop. There you go. Back to the Bob Marley in the back. Well, those were all of our scheduled calls. Um, I can. It looks like I have some messages. See what the. Let's see what the Facebooks say. What this means. Westworld came up with a second episode. That is fucking exciting as fuck. Oh, Bettina Davis let me know that Perry Borders moved to L.A. I was, like, wondering where she'd been all my life, and she left. That was, oh, we have an audience out there? What? Oh, I see. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight on Joke Workshop. I've been with Pancake. And We've been here. But that was that was a lot of fun to talk to Jane Kenny and uh, Elizabeth Stanton and yes Aaron Lewis and then also Jen yeah 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 my man Uh, he's down there in and doing well and it seems like everyone's doing pretty well so that makes me really happy and. here, we'll listen once more to some more Bob Marley, and then and we'll be back. Maybe I don't know. I have to pee really, really, really I'm badly, so I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a pee pee. Uh, but we'll we'll be.
How are you doing? That's fun. I haven't been played on before. Oh, right. Well, Pam is a minute be right here, right now. Alright. Hello? Who's, uh, who's caller on air? Hi there. This is Tyler Scott. How's it going, Mutiny Radio? Hey, Tyler Scott. You made it. You made it into the joke workshop. Woohoo! Woohoo! Where are you calling from? I am calling from the hills of Oakland. Oh, so you're not far away. Uh, is this your first time calling into MutinyRadio.fm? This is my second time. This is second time. I should I should remember you from before. Sorry about that. So oh, do you no have problem. um do you have new material you want to run or do you want to talk? What are you What are you in for today? Uh, so yeah, I had no idea what was going on. So I, I'm 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 Patrick and Patrick told me to call in. Oh, and, there you uh, go. Yeah, Patty pancakes yeah. pancakes here. All right, cool. Um, so so we're doing a joke workshop. That's well, we can do whatever. I mean, usually um, on Monday, we have, usually, there's people here. <laughs> and usually people do four-minute sets, and they get four minutes of commentary. Um, but there's always, you know, a bunch of people here, and we bounce ideas off each other. So just here, uh, you know, on a Monday. The stars above us are falling tonight. The grass is wet with dew. I wish I could hold you forever like this Just a breath away from you And all your dreams are still so young In a world that is feeling old And the light in your eyes is bright as that star That fell into my soul So make me a promise now And look into my eyes and say I will live my dream and baby I will fly on. how's that <laughs> how's that on the uh, does it pick up the guitar should I uh... all right I have them stand so I don't get out of the car and they stand outside the passenger door so that there's uh, not like a direct. Sure, outside the passenger door. 
Yeah. I so, wonder so if those old Tide Pod came Lysol Pod that people can then when they breathed on people, it transmit the virus, right? Like, do we start a new, like, strange Tide Pod rumor? Like, this is the Lysol test. You stick one of those, one of those weird things in your mouth and breathe through it. One of the Lysol pads or something. Yeah, SOS they, they pad. That's the only way to, like, herd immunity. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so the millennials were instinctual Anyway, Gen Z, those idiots eating Tide Pods, fucking trying yeah, to get they, a they, high they, on them. Maybe they couldn't help it. Think about the reason it's not affecting you. Yeah, you know what? I love this one. That Gen Z will not be affected in the least by coronavirus because of all the Tide Pods they eat. Yeah, hundred percent. I believe it. I just had a terrifying thought. Like, like, what if they're all? <laughs> like, like we just don't know about it because we're like, yeah. And so they're they're all they're on TikTok. They're on TikTok. I'm well. I'm so not TikTok. Gotta be, gotta be newer. Gotta be more youthful. They were on the new Heaven's Gate app. Remember, remember Heaven's Gate with the upside <laughs> down purple I triangle. Oh no, we're gonna all go into the hail of Taylor. I'll go in the tail of Haley's comet. Heaven's Gate was the cult in San Diego in I believe two thousand five, two thousand six. They all killed themselves in a house in a bar or maybe it was a and there were like them or something, and they all wore black over their faces, upside down purple. And I remember specifically Halloween that year, one of, a bunch of my friends went as the Heaven's Gators. <laughs> and, and they they were all wearing the yes, they were matching sneakers. Yes, time, right? yeah, their sneaker game was on point. Definitely, right. they were definitely sneakerheads. I mean, their whole 